Riley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Welcome to the show that gives you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras, so let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Welcome back. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was even going to do a show this week because there wasn't too much news. It was really light news this week. And then something slowly started coming about. We got a few things that we could talk about in the world of gaming. Uh, last week was an explosive week. We had the Mortal Kombat, you know, gameplay review uh, reveal and everything and the announcements that came about with that, some news that came out with that. But things started slowing down this week. No big game releases are coming out till probably next week because you got Kingdom Hearts 3 that are coming out. I, as to whether I'm getting that or not, that I'm still uncertain of that. I, I mean, eventually I think I will. I don't know if I'm going to get it the first day because I just am not that excited about it yet but it is like i'm not i'm not like diluting it or just you know you know dismissing it as not a big deal it really is a big deal because we've been waiting forever but that's also partly the reason why i'm not so excited because we've been waiting forever for it and i there's been good reviews out there now i mean everybody has a pretty much fair review of it like it's it's seems like it's worthy of it it's not like a masterpiece but it seems like it's a worthy game to play so um, I will eventually get the game to check it out and play it and review and talk about it when the time comes. And may I? I'm not sure. We'll see about that. Uh, I'm most looking forward to Jump Force, which we'll be talking about shortly. But today's reviews are like three reviews. We talked about this last week. I just decided to uh, transition it over to this week, and that is Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe for the Nintendo Switch, the former uh, Wii U game that is now on the Nintendo Switch. I'll talk about that, as well as two other games, two other classic uh, Neo Geo fighting games that has uh, surfaced over the course of last two weeks, so I get a chance to talk about those classics as well, and these are games that I've ne- that never made the light of day in um, America. So this is like, in my knowledge... To my knowledge, it hasn't like it. It wasn't out in most arcades, or it was near near the end of the arcade era, or whatever like that. But this is the first time I've ever heard of these games, and uh, I know there's some more hardcore fighting game fans that most like more than likely know about these games. But it's the first time I uh, got to play it, so I'm looking at it through modern day gargles if you will or eyes and and experience and uh i'll be talking about that as well one is ninja masters the other one is super tag battle but they talk they it's it's called actually uh kazuna uh encounter super tag battle which is a sequel to a previous game that came out before so we'll be talking about that as well but before i do just want to point out some um few bits and notes before we get into games one i spoke to matt papa uh, he's from NT Creates, and you know, drag, if any of you are NT Create fans, NT Creates the company that has made a ton of really cool games, such as uh, Azure Night uh, Gun Vault. Uh, they were uh, they they were involved in the Shanti Games. Uh, their name is on the Shanti Games, so they were involved in that. Uh, KG Inafune is a big part of this as well. And Matt Papa, who's a friend of mine that I met in Philly like a long time ago, and uh, he since left America to <laughs> live in Japan and work there. I, if you guys get a chance, try to. If I haven't uploaded it back yet, but uh, I 
interviewed him ages ago in regards to this, and it was just a fascinating story of somebody really doing what they love doing. And this is a clear example. He is the clear example of if you really want to do something, you got to go for it. You got to do whatever you can to go for it. He is an inspiration to me, in a sense. Uh, him and Mega Rand, both of them, I mean, they both were at jobs that they that weren't valuing them as much and they weren't benefiting much from. And they soon left their jobs and pursued their dreams and they're doing it what they want now. And, I mean, Matt is a very good inspiration. He went to Japan and basically he... Um, so he was looking for a job at a gaming industry. He loves retro games, and you couldn't have found a more perfect place that NT creates to work with, and having a chance to meet and somewhat work with KG and Afune at times as well. It, it was just an awesome story for him. Uh, he's been on the show twice, and he was supposed to be on recently, but he's so wrapped up in you know work right now uh, and trying to find some recreational time within that that he had to really postpone it. So we're going to probably get him in February where he says and uh, claims that he's going to have a little bit more free time to talk there soon. So we'll get a chance to talk to him soon. But he did give me some information on uh, Dragon Mark for Death that I'll be mentioning when I review next week because uh, that game's coming out next week. I may not be able to review it because it'll be released on the, uh, I believe, what is this? It would be, actually, I may. I just might. If I do the show on Friday again, like I did today, I may be able to review it. I think it comes out on the 31st, which is a Thursday. So that may be possible. If that happens, yeah, I'll be able to, you know, review that and then get him on shortly afterwards, hopefully, to get uh, talk about the move, um, the game and so much more that they've been working on over there. So that's uh, one bit of news I wanted to say. Uh, but he apologizes indeed, you know, to our, for all of our listeners here on that note. But the other news I got to say... And I'm very happy to say this, and somewhat sad, but it, it's been 14 years. I got to bring this up. Congratulations to my friend, Molly Flanagan, my good friend, uh, client of Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. The voice of 14 years of one of the best animes ever, and that is Naruto. She is the voice of Naruto, as you know. You heard the soundbite, and uh, you hear me constantly talk about her anyway. Patriots fan, I, I got to bring that up, who are, you know... Unfortunately, it's going back to the Super Bowl this year. Um, that's all right, because I got my win. I got my bet won last year for, with that. So I have no problem with that. I'm all good. And I just, the only bad part is she did a soundbite that said, go Eagles. I was hoping that the Eagles will somehow make it back there and so I could use it. So I got to save that for another time. <laughs> but it was awesome. She's awesome. Uh, you know, she's the best. But she's been voicing the character of Naruto for 14 years with an amount of 720 episodes, not including the video games that she's been involved in, not including the movies that she's done for Naruto, and not including the new episodes that she's voicing for uh, for Baruto for the time being that that uh, series is out. And you guys know what happens in that series, so you know where, you know where that's going. So... I mean, she's finally done 14 years of this. How many people can really say that they've voiced a character for that long in that many episodes or been involved in a character for that long in that many episodes? You know, I mean, like, there's a rarity. Like, Chris Sabat, you know, Sean Schimmel, and Molly Flanagan are like, you got to top that. You know, three. Now, granted, both of those two do all voice characters. 
that's pretty much the just of what they do. But Molly also acts in different shows too. So this is not the last time she's not retiring, but this is the la- this may be the last times that you'll hear that voice because Naruto's going to be done. So basically, she'll probably you probably see her in a live action you know sitcom drama more like comedy something like that because she does most comedies. Um, she was I think she was on. I forgot what uh, show she's been on. I know she's been on the Molly, um, uh, not the Molly Project, uh, the Mindy Project. She's been on Shameless, like for like a whole season of Shameless. Uh, she's been on a lot of shows. If you go on her IMDb page, she's done a hell of a lot. And I like the fact that she does both, you know, live action and anime. So, I mean, because it's just, it, it gives her a diverse, and she performs in theaters too. Um, along with, you know, uh, Danielle Kennedy, another friend of mine and guest on the show as well, and client as well so they um there she this is not a retirement this is just a goodbye to a really big part of her life a really iconic part of her life and i commend you as of today they're recording the final episode today that she's doing this uh 720 episode so please go to twitter congratulate her and all that she's done she's going to be tweeting at the beginning of the recording, the middle of the recording, and the final, she's going to uh, tweet when she's finally done. So definitely go follow her there and, um, you know, congratulate her. She's done a great job. If you are a fan of Naruto, if you're a fan of anime, period, and the talent that these uh, American actors have done, you know, you got to give it up to her. She's she's awesome. I'm hoping, I am hoping, I am absolutely hoping, and I need to, uh, to go over to that page uh, and, and mention that, um, to repop in Keystone Comic Con that they bring her back down to Philly and honestly I think with the mainstream of with anime going into the mainstream I would love for repop to really do a anime theme year this year and celebrate that this year and have her down there to congratulate her and all that she's done as well that would be awesome I'm hoping I need to talk to some people about that so we'll see we'll see how that goes that anything's possible Hey, I, I mean, if I talk to Brian Stephenson, we can probably do something very interesting. So cross your fingers on that one, people. But let's get into some gaming news, people. And, and segueing over from Naruto, we're going to talk some Jump Force right now. Jump Force has been nonstop. Bandai Namco has been nonstop posting new information about the game. It's getting closer. We're at the last week of January. We're moving into February, and that means Jump Force is coming very soon. And to me, I am way more anticipating this because for a few reasons more than I am Kingdom Hearts. And this is the difference. Kingdom Hearts took so long to come out. So when you're finally hyped about something, when you're excited about something that you know should be coming, you know, you're, you're anticipating this. But when you start to get some, you know, fail stops every time, it kind of takes away the excitement of it. And that's what Kingdom Hearts has done for me. Like at this point, because... For three to four years, we've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts to come out. We've been waiting for it to come out. They kept saying it was coming this year. It was coming this year, but it didn't. It didn't, and it extended to next year. It was like, okay, now it's the boy cry wolf situation. So I'm over that. I'm like, I can't give him that. I'm not excited for it anymore for that. But when when Bandai Namco announced Jump Force, at, which I believe was uh, it wasn't was it, was it e, I don't think it was E3. I think it was the awards. The Game Awards, I think they announced this, and we had no idea this was coming out 
this existed. This was even planned. And lo and behold, we get this huge, epic crossover event um, in the form of a fighting game that's coming out that's involving all a lot of the Shonen Jump characters in here. And how do you not get excited for that? And you know, if you know Bandai Namco's track record, when they say something's coming, it literally is coming, and it is coming very soon. And there is, this is no different. It's coming out in February. We're going to get a chance to check it out and really see what this is about. Well, we got news every day, new characters. We got new things that are going to be developed. The, you know, deluxe, you know, and ultimate packs, which I'll be talking about as well. We also have the story trailer that just came out today. And I got a chance to check it out. So it looks like the story is going to be uh, characters from the Jump Universe invade our our Earth. And it's supposed to be Jump Force characters coming into the real world and basically and invading our Earth and destroying everything around the world, around them. And mostly the villains of the Shonen Jump Universe is invading and, and terrorizing, you know, Earth, along with these beings called Venoms. So in, in, in turn... We see Trunk basically with a cube that's known as the Umbrus Cube, which looks a lot like the Cosmic Cube, <laughs> to revive a hero uh, that can help stop the chaos from the planet. Now, that hero is supposed to be your avatar, your created character. So eventually in the game, you're going to be able to create your own character, which is be teaming up with what they call the Jump Force. Now... Apparently, the Venoms have been working with the villains of Jump Force and providing them with cubes in order to increase the numbers and expand the territories uh, that they are taking over. You are asked by the commander of Jump Force to join and take down the Venoms and the biggest threat that they got, which is Kane. Uh, now, here's the funny part about this. As I was looking at this trailer, and I watched it like at least two or three times to really get an understanding because it's all in subtitle too. So it, it just like comes up in flash. So I had to do a lot of pausing every so often. Do I hate subtitles sometimes? Or it depends on who uh, does the subtitling. Sometimes people can know how to pace it well and keep the text, the, defo- uh, the text up and the subtitle text up for a significant amount of time for you to read all of that. But, uh, you know, then you got other times it's just so speedy, you got to pause it. And that's why I really hate about subtitles. I don't care what you millennials say. It's not all that. <laughs> so, um, a lot of it, when I watched it, felt a hell of a lot like their version of Avengers Infinity Wars. There's so many kind of, I don't want to say so many simulators because the story itself is not exactly like Infinity Wars, but there's some elements within this game story that comes off a hell of a lot like that of, you know, Infinity Wars. You got the Umbra's Cube, which does look like the Cosmic Cube. You have the biggest crossover ever, much like Infinity Wars did. And then you got this character, you know, Director Glover, who is a kind of a tan-skinned, ball-headed guy. Which kind of reminds me of Nick Fury, if you don't mind. He's supposed to be the director of this of the Jump Force, which office, which is kind of awful, a lot like Shield. Then you got the main bad guy Kane, who just happens to be all designed by Kira Toriyama, by the way. Kane, in this case, is a purple alien-like being with gold armor. How many other people do you know? How many characters do you know? 
that has somewhat gold armor and is purple skinned. They got your Thanos right there. So, um, they also have another character in there. I really forgot her name on there, but, you know, you, I mean, it's kind of, the whole thing reeks of the Infinity Wars type of situation in some cases. Uh, not exact, not exactly to that extent, but in that case, I just had a conversation with the guy on our ACMG Facebook group because he felt that when watching uh who was it it was matthew in fact shout out to matthew out there you know who you are if you're listening um basically matthew actually what what did he do he uh we were watching uh i think we were talking about dragon ball fighter not dragon ball fighters dragon ball super brawly and the funny part about this all right if you're really a dragon ball fan you know that a lot of the origin of dragon ball is paying homage to that of superman there's a lot of you know there's some a lot of references not of references but influences based upon goku's origin that kind of matches up to the kryptonian storyline of you know kal-el and this is not anything new this was not anything new whatsoever this is just this is common knowledge like if you're a dragon ball fan you know this but at the same time you do not give a rat's ass because honestly it's it's it is partially influenced by it but there's there's definitely a contrast of it and i mentioned this on our review last week but he took it upon himself to go in like he just discovered like al capone's tomb <laughs> you know you if you don't if you know that reference you're you're definitely old i can tell you that <laughs> shout out to Gerardo. but um or as Martin Lawrence said, hello, though. But it was like, it was, he made it seem like he discovered something big. Like, I, like, James Jonah Jameson discovering that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, that type of thing. It was really like, but meanwhile, the rest of the world was like, eh, we knew this. Uh, Kira Toriyama, actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's referenced, uh, he's made, he made mention that he had some influences of Superman's story mode, storyline there. But in reality, Everything's borrowed from everything. If you're a comic book fan, then you damn sure know that a lot of what DC has done, Marvel has taken from, and vice versa. Uh, Marvel has taken from DC. Just recently on, um, in two episodes now of, what is it, Young Justice, um, there's a Spider-Man clone sort of kind of, you know, influence in that show. And they did it for just for comedy because... The guy who did the original voice of Spider-Man, I think they stopped using him in Marvel, and then they took, brought him over to Young Justice to play a character that was just like Spider-Man to poke fun of that whole thing. So they take from each other. You know, it's 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 not, you know, nothing new about it. It's been doing it for years. I mean, there's so many characters that you can mix and match up that are, like, similar to each other. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not. This is, and this one too. This is, you, you see some elements of Infinity Wars in here or the Infinity Gauntlet, if you will, in here. The only thing that's not in here so far, because we haven't heard, uh, seen the story in completion, is whether they have Infinity Stones. Hell, I even, I even topped that. Super Mario, Ten, uh, Mario Tennis Aces storyline consists of Mario finding an Infinity Gauntlet-like racket that has six or seven stones or something that involves where he has to go grab every single stone. 
Where did he? There's no. There's no way he didn't get that from anywhere else but Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity, if Infinity Wars or Infinity Gauntlet didn't come out, that storyline would not come um, to fruition. I guarantee you that. So, it is what it is. But you know, I'm just very interested that these characters are what they are, and I'm still excited about this game. This game. It looks really amazing. It looks like a great follow-up to J-Star Victory Versus Plus, which is a game that I love very much. It's a very fun, entertaining game. Just a jump in and play and have fun with a really fun story mode on there. Again, Nintendo Switch, Bandai Namco, please put that game on there if you're not going to put Jump Force into... If you can't have the quality uh, capacity to put Jump Force in Switch, please bring it on. bring on J-Star Victory. We need something similar to that on that game, and that would be perfect for the Nintendo Switch. So, you got that going on here. Then, uh, so far, we have 42 characters revealed at the latest, and, and the latest that they just shown was Dai from Dragon Quest. Jotaro has been mentioned and seen in jo- from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Baruto is now, in, like, there is a, a lot of Naruto characters, and Baruto is now the newest uh, entry into the game as well. Gara has also been the newest entry. Uh, Kagoya uh, is actually in the game, too. I, I haven't gotten that far in Naruto yet to, to know that she was a character in, um, in, the, in, uh, in the game. They just started upping new episodes onto Hulu, so I'm catching up with that as well. Um, Bo Kino- uh, Kencock is on there. I believe that might be one uh, piece. Seb, uh, Sabo which is voiced by uh, Vic Mignogna as well, is uh, in the game as well. Raronin Kenshin is officially in the game, and I'm not surprised at that because he was in J-Star Victory. A lot of these characters that I mentioned are brand new, but Kenshin has uh, been on uh, a crossover fighting game before, so that's no different. But Kakashi has not, and he's been at it as well. So there is a full amount of Naruto characters and Dragon Ball characters as well in here so far. They're, they're adding on so many people, and I don't think they're, it's over yet. I think they got more to go. In this game, but they also announced the editions of the games that they'll, they'll be releasing. Standard edition, of course, is going to be fifty nine ninety nine. That's just a base game with no additions, no uh, DLC. You're going to have to get that separate if you get the standard edition, along with other uh, elements. So, in this case, it's probably better to get the other editions. The deluxe edition is going for eighty nine ninety nine, and that it includes the Jump Force you know, game itself, character pass, which means you'll be getting all nine characters that they, um, that will be available. Uh, and you know, as the time come, uh, access to each DLC release four days before the available digital storefront release. So that's a great addition. Plus they are saying that you will be able to play the game. If you buy this version three days before the release of the game. So that is, is pretty good as well. Ultimate Edition is going for ten dollars more, ninety nine ninety nine, and which I most likely will be getting. Uh, it comes with the core game, early access to uh, Jump Force experience three days before uh, the official uh, February fifteenth date launch date. So you'll be playing it on the twelfth, I believe. Uh, so you got that. You got the character pass. You got nine additional playable characters post-release. Access, of course, to those characters four days before the uh, release is available. 16 Avatar t-shirts used in the Avatar customization. So there are t-shirts that you're going to be able to wear, different costumes, different hairstyles, yada, yada, yada. You know, C-A-W's, I'm sorry, C-A-F, Creative Fighter style, uh, you know, customizations. And then you had the Jump Start pack which may be uh, consist of some extra 
elements, uh, RPG elements that you'll be able to uh, work with as well to help you, you know, get through the first eras of the game better. Uh, it also includes a consumable in-game item to give players a jump start at the beginning of your journey. Oh, that's pretty much what the jump start pack is. So you got all that. So I'm I'm most likely going to be getting the ultimate pack, the ultimate edition myself. Uh, again, I am very much I'm guarantee I am getting this game. This that's just not I I'm an anime fan for life. I am very invested into the Jump Force world for various reasons. Uh, I am very much looking forward to this game, and I can't wait to play it as well. So, uh, if you got it, go pre-order it now and get ready. It's coming. So, uh, AOC. Once again, I am talking about this very lovely woman, uh, this very empowering woman to the people and to the youth. That is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is once again just, she's making her rounds. She's making her voice heard. She is being seen. You know, she's not hiding from anybody, including the Republican Party. It's really interesting to see what's going on with her. She is loved by most, hated by many. And uh, you got to love it. You got to love it. She's continuing to reach out to the youth. She appeared in a Twitch gaming stream of, uh, I guess, I don't know this guy in particular. I'm not into this Twitch world, but H Bomber uh, guy uh, who was raising money for trans kids. Um, she, uh, all of a sudden appeared. I don't think he was, I think unbeknownst to him that she was appearing, um, for this, uh, for this streaming event. And apparently from what I, from what I read, he was extremely excited. There is some clips out there that you could see of her, um, you know, talking with him on air and, and they're talking about things. Uh, there's yeah, about a 45 second clip. Uh, which which has her on air, and she mentions that she never really owned a Nintendo 64. Now, the guy was playing Donkey Kong. I believe he was playing Donkey Kong uh, 64 at the time, and she was talking about her memories of of Nintendo 64. She said she never owned a 64 before, but she would go over to her cousin's house to play uh, their 64, and they had a ton of games, but the one she remembered and enjoyed the most was Super Mario 64 and Pokemon Snap, uh, which at that point, H Bomber guy really went crazy and <laughs> blitz over. So they uh, talked. To, they also talked about issues in regarding um, the trans community as well. So it was, it was a whole thing. It was only 45 seconds, but they begin starting that, and that's when the clip went off from there. Uh, but she continues to reach out to this younger demographic, which is awesome. And it's also pissing other people off because of what she's fighting for. We're fighting for equality of all types. Doesn't matter what it is. We, I mean, in order to really be heard... We gotta we gotta allow people to be to uh, to be heard. I mean, you gotta give people a chance. You gotta give people, you know, the opportunities to see if they can benefit the world the way we know we can to make a better world. If we keep clouding everybody out, we keep shadowing everybody away, and these people could be this uh, the answer to our problems in the world. <laughs> what's the point? How stupid are we if we're gonna keep avoiding? people that can possibly be a benefit to this country and make things a lot better for everybody just it just amazes me but i digress the stream was a fundraiser like i said to raise trans children the goal was for two hundred thousand dollars so i'm the thing is i'm not sure how much this person is raised because i was looking for it there was no news as to whether or how much and and if it is i will go back and report it 
at a later date but for right now i i was looking for whether how much it raised or whatever and i couldn't find it so if anybody knows please let me know uh but either way the effort is still commendable her effort to reach out is very commendable because it's something that nobody else is doing right now and you know when you when you're the only one doing something it sticks out like crazy and that's exactly what she's doing they tried to uh, vilify her as many times as possible for dumb stuff that she she did before and take note this woman was a bartender before all this and now she's you know in congress don't tell me you can't make things happen if you don't want it do not tell me that it's hard it's hard it's not going to be easy but it doesn't matter when you love it and it's not so hard when you love it i mean it's just it is and when you're so passionate about it it really isn't people stop looking to take somebody down and start helping embracing what they're doing no matter what it is keep embracing what they are doing because if you continue to do that everybody will be i mean we're in a bitter situation right now where everybody this the community that we're in the ideology that we're in right now we're in a really interesting situation i think social media is failing in such a way that we're all trying to live a life that it's just we're trying to live this fake life and trying to impress everybody now funny thing is almost everybody's doing the exact same thing and everybody's trying to you know pretentiously be something that they're not online and to those that they are actually doing the things that they say that they're doing people shun away from you know it's like I, i grew up in the 80s where it didn't matter what you did in life everybody was proud of you for doing what you were doing and proud for just making something of yourself it didn't matter what you're doing it there there wasn't a certain hierarchy of you had to be a celebrity you had to be a star you had to be this or that you just i mean you just have to be i'm doing this show because i love doing this show i'm getting to talk to people because i admire what they do not because they have a celebrity status but the hard work that they put in which is why i try to get as much information as to how or what they went through to do it because you know, if you really want to do something, you're going to put all your passion into it. That's just plain and simple. And it's not about the end game of uh, glam and glory. It's the process before that is what you had to do to get you that makes you a better person. And as a result, you may be, you know, afforded opportunities or whatever because of it. But other than that, all of the guests that I've ever had on the show constantly, majority have said the same thing. that like, it's not about the end game. It's about the journey. And that's what you need to take in. So... You know, we need to start embracing everybody, no matter who they are. You know, creed, color, all that stuff, trans, orientation, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just let people live the way they live, but just embrace it. You know, it it shouldn't affect you in any way. It should not affect you in any way in that case. But I digress. Let's move on to some news, uh, some reviews here, actually. And let's start with Ninja Masters, the Neo Geo Classic that came out in 1996. Now, I'm a fighting game fan for life. I, you know, my top gaming genre will always be fighting games. And if I got to put the, you know, WWE 2K series into it or Fire Pro into that as well, because they're kind of combat sports, yeah, I'm putting that in. But I'm a fighter. I'm always going to be a fighter. I love the fight, the journey of the fight, all that stuff. And I try to play as many fighting games as possible throughout my life. There's some that always slip through the fingers and some of them that may not have ever seen a light of day in the U.S. And I am hard pressed to believe that this was one of them. At least this was in this was probably in the arcades, but never made it to console. 
And Ninja Masters is a common 2D theme fighter from ADK. And this was ADK's sixth and final game that they uh, developed uh, for the Neo Geo. Their previous games, if you guys don't know, but have maybe played the games, the previous games was World Heroes, the entire series of World Heroes, all the World Series, um, the World Heroes games that ever came out, and Aggressors of Dark Combat, which was kind of a spinoff to World Heroes as well, because some of the characters from uh, the Ninja characters with from that game ended up in some the Aggressors of Dark Combat as well. Um, the games, the game, the games characters in this particular game are based on fictional. And actual historical figures in Japan's feudal era, including once again, and we talked about this the last episode, I believe, um, with Unimusha, because Oda Nobunaga is one of the main villains of the Unimusha series. And I mentioned before that he is a villain on a lot of video games. And once again, your final boss for this video game, Oda Nobunaga. I told you guys, like, this guy was a major deal in Japan, uh, throughout Japan's history. He was a, everybody says he, he was a ruthless feudal lord, and every time I see this guy, he's always the final boss of a game, or the main factor of a game. It just never fails. So, they always, you know, depict him as a warlord, or a demon, if you will. And this is the same thing. If you've seen this game, if you played this game, if you beat, actually was good enough to beat this game, then you will see him in there and they got him in flames and all this stuff. It's really funny uh, how they depict this character. It's the same way that we would depict... It's almost in the same case that we would depict Hitler. In the same case. Uh, which reminds me, I, I they should really bring back Bionic Commando. That was awesome. <laughs> but um, the original or remaster, doesn't matter. I liked them both. But... The, uh, I mean, that was the main thing. I mean, this game is not... It's It literally is. When I say it's a common 2D fighter, it is very common. It's like, I think in 96, they did improve on some of their stuff. But 96, they also came out with... Uh, Fatal Fury was out. And um, King of Fighters was also out as well because they came out in 94. And that kind of upgraded things. This one seemed like a step back to everything that they were doing with the other fighting games it was just it was very i guess vanilla if you will and, and it's just generic as you could i want to say generic well, yes yeah, yeah it is generic uh as as far as the play the gameplay of it the um the hubs the you know the uh the structure of it just very common to every fighting game you've ever basic fighting game you ever played the only thing that they really had different in here um I mean, because the control screen, the the control scheme was everything just the same, but the super meter was your common super meter. But when it, when you could do two things with it, it'll enhance your your actual uh, your techniques that you already done. So if you're doing a normal technique and you throw out a projectile, if your meter's full, your projectile will have a another effect if you hit like two buttons, you know, while doing the circle motion. Uh, controls as well so you get some extra added you know oomph to the actual move or you can do a super move as well to take down your opponent which takes um, a large amount of their energy away you know again common um, the gameplay is fair and comprehensive for the most part because you can pull off these moves but when it gets to the actual super 
it's not as fluid to pull it off. And this is just something common with all a lot of well, not all, but a lot of SNK games in that past because they weren't able to co- to create a fluid control scheme that with the crazy control schemes that they had. Because there were times like it took me years to get to uh, be able to do it like a power geezer on Fatal Fury because the control scheme wasn't fluid. Nowadays, with the, with technology advancing and become better, much better than before and evolved, you can pull off a lot of these moves a lot uh, smoother than you could before. I couldn't even pull off uh, what Zangief's you know uh, pile driver as easy as I could now. Or even Akuma's Raging Demon. I couldn't pull it off as good as I could now because sometimes when you hit a button, it 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 was like a delay in the command, and it wasn't. It took like it was a second, few seconds delay on the commands when you um, when it activated. So that was just one problem with that, and this is no different. So a lot of the moves, unless it's like a really easy way to do it, it's hard to pull off and make it work. Almost in the same fashion as doing a fireball from Street Fighter One, you know. Uh, so you had that situation right there. Uh, the, and again, when it comes to playing the game itself, the story mode or arcade mode, very easy at the beginning until, and it, it's very fun to play at the beginning and very inviting, but they kind of lure you in. This is almost like a clickbait type of situation. They lure you in until you get to a certain stage of the game. And I don't know if this is like the sub boss mode or whatever, but it gets to a certain point in the game where the difficulty level goes from one to eight. So the AI becomes way more hard to play and it's almost impossible if you don't understand the patterns why. And you most likely won't because they leave no opening for you to get, no weak point opening for you to get. It's almost like you have to butt mash your way. There's no real technique of how to really defeat the characters because they're constantly just swarming you with hits and not give you enough time to you know maneuver over it or whatever like that so it becomes fun to play and then by the time it gets to a certain part it gets really frustrating it's just like that so i mean but that was the snk way and it's always funny that up until you know this recent era of that that they would they would absolutely do that so and in essence of this i would give this game an actual I would say I give this a C, you know, and if I compare and contrast to the other SNK games that I've ever played, like Last Blade and Last Blade 2 and um, all of the Fatal Fury games, the robot games, which are a lot of fun, um, the King of Fighter games, which are fairly both competitive and challenging, but not too challenging that you uh, you can't beat it, I would definitely give this a C because it didn't add any extra elements to it, you know, or anything. It was just really one of the plainer games. I mean, still just, it's, for what it's worth, if you're a fighting game fan, it's great to have just to acknowledge that you have for your collection of fighting games that you got, like I do. I like collecting them, just to say that I've played them and checked them out. But, you know, if if you have a lot of selections like I do, you're not, this is going to be like the game that you'll come back to every so often and just to check it out. But this is not like a just the replay value of this game does not hang at all. So I give this a solid C for that one. Uh, let's go to also Kazuna Encounter Super Tag Battle, which in fact is a sequel to a previous um, Kazuna game uh, that was out before. It, which that was just a one-on-one uh, fighting game with kind of a 2D panel, much like you see with Fatal Fury games. 
in here and and it's more like a it was 2D, but you could also go up top, too, which is something that you couldn't do, and try to, you know, hit them using a projectile uh, weapon or whatever from the top level of the game stage. So, this time, and basically the story is this. Um, King Leo promotes another battle of the best uh, guys, and I'm getting this from uh, Wikipedia, by the way, so I don't know how, you know, accurate this is, but... Uh, King Leo promotes another Battle of the Best God tournament in order to take down Sho Hayate, which is the uh, character from the original game, from the first game. I do own that game, I believe, for um, PlayStation for my PlayStation 4, but I haven't got it for the Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch, which is available, by the way, as well. Um, this time, however, they changed it, uh, the, the tournament from traditional one-on-one rules to now, in its place, a new tag team role set. Now. This is the part that makes the game so much fun because it's simple and it's a simple tag format, which is very different from any other tag format that you play. And this is awesome. Um, Savage Rain was the original series that I believe that the game was called, by the way. And uh, it is all, both of these games, I believe, are available on all platforms as well. The great part about this game is the tag feature that I love so much because it plays along the same rule sets that you would have a tag team wrestling match and saying like one, uh, one can only tag their partner in if they're in the same, same area inside as the tag partner, as their tag partner. So there's a red corner and a blue corner. If you're on the left side, you're representing the red corner and you got to go back to the red corner to tag your partner in to continue the fight. And much like a tag team match, if like in, in tag team wrestling, you know, if you pin the guy on the mat and the, and you're not being saved uh, by your partner, you win the match. It's one fall. It's just one fall. There's no elimination to the tag at all. At all. This case, if you, you need to beat the partner, you need to beat the opponent uh, completely, and once you beat one opponent of the two-man team, of the tag team, that's it. The uh, fight is over. So it, it takes elements from tag team wrestling and use it in a fighting game format. And I, I think that's really, really cool concept because King of Fighters does not do that. Uh, the, what was it? The other, you know, tag battle games that you ever play doesn't do that. I think Blaze Blue Tag Battle actually does that in, in their own way as well. I believe they do it as well like that. But they do it, the presentation of this really makes it seem like there is a tag battle. There is an actual tag team battle going on here. So that part is cool. Um, the other thing too... Um, the only negative I got to this game is the same negative I got with Ninja Masters. It's fairly easy at the beginning to reach the uh, reach King Leo, who's the sub uh, boss in here. And again, level one to level eight kicks in, and King Leo whoops on your ass and does not leave any openings at all. There is no room for countering. There, there is no countering technique in this game for you to even get through it. You can end up damaging him upon you actually. Getting in there, and I didn't mention this before either with um, Ninja Master, is that there is somewhat of a combo system in that uh, in that game too, and there's a combo system in Kazuna Encounter as well. But you still got to find your way in. You really got to press hard to figure out how to get this guy. There are people who have beaten both games. Don't get it twisted, but it's man. It is hard. It is frustratingly hard that it just go from point A to point B. The reason why I like games that give you an option to do so because it allows you to practice and understand the 
the the actual like the scheme of the actual opponent that you're playing. So if you're playing Street Fighter, you fight against uh, M Bison. M Bison is hard. M Bison is hard no matter what. If you put him on eight, he's he's a killer. But if you put him on like say four or five, which is like the standard, you kind of get an understanding of how he moves and what to look out for and how to get him. They have no give in any a lot of these games, a lot of these uh, SNK games during the ninety, the early nineties. It is barely any give at all. I'm surprised that could be uh, Rugel from King of Fighters of all this. You know, it, it's just it's really insanely. Um, the control and move sets are easy to pull off. However, uh, they're a little bit more simplistic than it, than that of other SNK games and especially Ninja Master as well. So they're easy to very easy to pull off. Even a super is not that bad to pull off. The thing is, is that like if you pull off a super, it takes too much time. So it really kind of you got to be a combo. I think this these games were meant for combo uh, heavy fighters. Definitely, you could tell that this game is is for combo heavy fighters and stylist stylistic fighters out there. If you're just a fighting game fan like me that just want to go in and play and all the stuff, and you know you're a timer, this may not be for you in that case. But overall, uh, both games look good. Of course, this game looks really pretty cool for a 2D old school game. Uh, it's just, you know, there's some things that definitely need to work on. But this one, overall, if I give it a grade, it's going to be C+. This was a little bit more fun to play than Ninja Master. Uh, the tag format is really cool. It's just when you get to that level, it's just like, I don't understand. And I don't understand why when they do these ACA Neo Geo games, like, you can lower, they say you can lower the level down. But honestly, it doesn't really do anything. It legit doesn't do anything. And no matter what games I play, except for the newer games, because... You know, they already had a lower difficulty level anyway. So it was really, it just doesn't feel like the difficulty level has been, uh, level has been diluted and decreased or nerfed, if you want to put it that way, down to a point. It's, it could be very brutal sometimes. So if you're like a person, a fighting gamer that is just like pick up and play just to have fun, I would avoid these <laughs> because they, they can get really, really um, rough with you after a while. So uh, last game, main event is Super Mario you deluxe that i came out last week finally got a chance to check it out almost what you'd expect from a mario 2d platformer and yet not ever not e- not not even is what you want from it you know it's it, it's like there it's what you expect on a mario game but you expect it to be like this is not the best mario game i've played surprisingly and I don't know if the if early reviews have ever, you know, uh, mentioned that before, or have ever said that they were um, that they uh, didn't like this game or this wasn't the best. But I came out of this was like I've played better Mario games before this, and this wasn't nearly as good as the other games, and including that of the 3DS. You know, Mario Super Mario 3D. Uh, was really fun. Uh, a lot. There's a lot of other really good Mario games. I think this may have been, in my opinion, from my experience, the weakest of all the Mario games I've ever played. So, what I do love about the game, first, the pros of this game is that it's a beautiful stage design. As always, that never fails. You always see a. There's no such thing as a bad looking Mario game. Um, I mean, the game. What I love about it is that it does take elements from Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World and try to combine them together. Unfortunately, it doesn't give you everything from both worlds and put them together. But that we'll talk about that. 
in uh, due time. But your choice of four characters this time, which includes Mario, Luigi, Toadette, to- no, I'm sorry, five characters, Toadette, Toad, and uh, I believe a new character called, uh, what is his name? Nibbit, Nabbit, actually, which in this case, each character that you choose represents a difficulty level that you'll play by. So if you play Mario, most likely you're going to be challenged in, in, throughout the levels. Whereas if you play like Toadette or Nabbit, they provide a lot more easier experience because of their abilities. Nabbit, just, if you play as Nabbit, you just, you just cruising through the game. You're not being cut, you're not being touched, you're not being killed. You're just collecting things. You're just going through the motion just to get through the process of the game. So, if and honestly, if you didn't want to go through the challenge of the game, you could just pick Nabbit and run through an entire game just to advance through the entire game. But if you play through Mario or Luigi or Toad uh, or Toadette to some extent, you do get somewhat of a challenge from there. Uh, so, you know, Mario games and Nintendo games have always been about fun and, and happy uh, experiences. And this is kind of no different, but this one just fell a little flat. I'm trying to not, I'm trying to give it as much pros as much content real quick. But uh, the game, wh- what happens is if you do pick like Mario and Luigi or Toad or, you know, and even Toadette, if you lose within a certain amount of times, and this happens before, normally if you lose on other Mario games a lot, you get like a certain power-up item that allows you to breeze through the game. This time around, they have what is called a super guide, which is available if you lose multiple times. And it allows you to have a their character or AI character version of Mario Luigi breeze right through the game without you even touching it and helping you advance over. So you could choose that. And then also within it doing its own thing, you could stop at any time just to get through a certain part and go on it yourself or you can allow it to go through the level itself and then move on to another stage so it's that's okay but it's i it's kind of this is the kind of you know i'm 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 a little ways with that one quite um i mean again um this is really what i found out after playing this game this is a game for more like experienced hardcore maybe even esport like mario runners that just that can run through this game like with a breeze or try to be challenged like that. So it's it's for the first time I feel like this is more for that than it's just a casual you know gamer that loves Mario games. Um, its game also comes with all new the all new Luigi Brothers um, U, which they which was an extension that they came out for the Wii U at the time as well. Now let's talk about the cons, which I did a little bit going through this. Um, the, the elements of the game. Are, are just lacking and incomplete in my opinion uh some of the mario features would uh would have been good in this game like no no offensive uh attacks for the suits so you got the penguin uh suits here and you got uh the flying squirrel suit which is supposed to be like the raccoon suit from mario 3 you also got there are also some other elements in here like the items in here are okay but not the best they got normal uh mushroom you got the fire uh flower you got the new acorn um, one, which is for the flying squirrel. You got now a freeze flower, which allows you to do frozen, which is pretty cool. I like that one. There's a special exclusive power-up for just Toadette because it allows her to change it to Princess Toadstool or Peach in there. There's a now a mushroom, a blue mushroom that shrinks you so you can get in and infiltrate certain little spots. And, of course, you got the propeller mushroom as well, which gives you propeller abilities. 
You have the P, like I mentioned before, the P, uh, what is it? The uh, P acorn, which gives you that ability to breeze through everything else, but you can still die. And then the star uh, power-up is still there as well, of course. So you got those elements, but when you when you had, like, say, in Super Mario World, you had the cape. There were some attack, uh, defensive and offensive attacks within it. When you had the actual raccoon suit, you could whip the tail to hit any of the Goombas or the Koopas or whatever like that back then. The raccoon suit or the penguin suit does nothing. It like, except the, the flying squirrel suit just flies. It does, it really doesn't have any other real power-up abilities as far as I know other than that. And the penguin suit, it's like you could swim through the water better. That's it. So I was very surprised at that one too. Like, it, it, it's and and in, in some cases um the other thing is too is that like it's sometimes a little bit too challenging you know in this case and a lot less fun than say like odyssey or any of the 3ds games so it's playable but like i have so many other mario games that it, that i can play rather on the switch or the 3ds that are so much more fun to play than this one what i do like too and the other thing i forgot to mention is that the koopa kids are back that is another plus that I love about the game. I always love the concept of Koopa having all these kids, no baby, no baby mother for some reason. But just to imply that he actually had the kids, maybe he laid them, I don't know. But he had all the Koopa kids is back from uh, Super Mario 3. I always loved them because I loved the character designs of all of them as well as as well as Koopa Jr. as well and is on here as well, too. So uh, the story is pretty much the same as what you expect. That's why I didn't mention the story. It's like you play one Mario game, you play them all, same old, same old, same old. We still enjoy it nonetheless. But, you know, if you really want a really, really great Mario experience, Odyssey is the best of them all. In my opinion, Mar Odyssey is absolutely the absolute bona fide best Mario game that you could possibly play and enjoy that celebrates every other Mario game before that. It's awesome. I love what they did with that game. And um, it's just, oh man, go for that one. This one, I would not, I would, I wouldn't, if you're a Mario fan, maybe. If you're not, if you are a casual Mario fan and you want that Mario experience, there's better Mario games out there. This is not one of them. Um, but it's not to say that this isn't a good game. This is a Overall, this is a fairly good game at best. But it just falls short of all the other ones that came by before it. So it really lacks the fun of the other games. But with some additional options, techniques, abilities, this game could have been far better of an experience that it could have. And therefore, if I give it a grade, it'll be a solid B at best and that's still that's still saying is good compared to other games out there and stuff like that so um you know go for your own but if i would say go odyssey or go somewhere else if you got a 3ds go for that as well so um even mario maker will be a better fit than this in this case and i'm waiting i know that's coming on the switch sooner or later so uh, we'll see from that point on. But ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. Thank you so very much for joining the show again. Please check us out again on TalkTimeLive.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean if you're there too. Um, and I believe some other places that I have never put my podcast in that people can check it out. I'm finding out here too as well. So uh thank you for the support keep up the great work um we're still be we still will have a lot of guests coming in the near future we're still working on it uh, you know wholeheartedly and uh we'll let you know more on that as well 
Uh, this Sunday, I'm going a little bit different. There were two infamous documentaries that came out regarding uh, one of the most craziest events that happened in, in, in the last few years. So surreal. The Fire Festival. You know, I got to bring this up because it was extremely intriguing. I watched both of those. And there's a lot to talk about there, not only just from what happened there, but from my experiences. I didn't go to the Fire Festival, by the way. Not just from my experience being involved in this type of situation of production of, you know, um, fe- putting together a festival. I've I've been a part of these type of situations, and uh, I have I've definitely have experience. I understand exactly what's going on. I've also understand what happens when you work with shady people. You know, me as a graphic designer, as a multimedia developer, if you will, I come across some really interesting people. I have some great clients, but I've come across some potential clients and some bad clients, too, that have not lived up to set expectations or they've some red flags have been going on. So we're going to talk about those actual two documentaries, see which one I thought was the best because there is they're both great, but there's one I like in particularly more. And whatever's going on in the news this week in our one of our favorite fandoms as well. So uh, definitely, if you're a person that is up and coming in the world of graphic design or even just a freelancer or whatever, and you're looking to get clients, but you might fall into some shady clients, you might want to listen to this episode because I'm going to have a lot to say about it as well. So uh, stay tuned for that one. And we got more movies coming. We got a lot of things coming as well. My last thing to say, people, please, people, look out for those who are in need of your attention, of your, you know, of just in general, just your help. There's some people that has been affected from malicious acts of sexual uh, assault, you know, uh, uh, domestic abuse and and such like that. Um, Grooming of minors, stuff like that. Know the signs know what to look out for help these people make sure to let them know that they are not alone and become the hero that they need please protect and save at all costs so folks thank you so very much again and all i gotta say for now this is dax Xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here see you Sunday. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.